Hey guys, so the other day I wrote this article about my crypto investment themes for 2022. Basically what I said is the three top things that I'm most bullish about are the alternative layer ones and uh, layer two scaling solutions. And number two is crypto gaming and, uh, you know, metaverse type of uh, projects. And the number three is um, cross-chain interoperability solutions. So after I published this, I got some questions from people, which I'm going to answer some of them today. So without further ado, um, let's jump into it. If you want to, um, if you haven't read the article, I will link in the video below so you can take a look, okay? So uh, first question from Mateo Gomez. Um, Showy, do you have a plan in place for a bear market or crypto winter, or are you confident in a super cycle? Um, so, you know, uh, this is something that, that has been talked a great deal in, in uh, crypto circles, especially I think earlier part of the year, everybody is, uh, you know, plotting historical trends and to see how this cycle, quote unquote, fit into the historical patterns. And uh, for some reason, all the historical tracking charts like broke down like since October, November, and now fewer and fewer people are mentioning it. And we are at the end of the year and uh, there's no like uh, blow off top of, uh, you know, um, a finale of, of bull cycle kind of, uh, you know, bull run. And uh, uh, everybody is like looking at each other and wondering what's going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's basically uh, what I see, you know, around places like uh, crypto Twitter, and even in some like um, uh, Discord or Telegram channels. So that seems to be a sentiment. Um, to me, you know, I think there is there has been, you know, obviously this this is not a um, overnight thing, but there has been a gradual shift in the clientele, in the audience, or the customers, um, or the buyers of crypto assets, right? So we are shifting from primarily re retail driven to uh, more and more institutional players coming into the space. So I think this is, um, this is bound to create some, some, some change in, in trading patterns and in the price patterns going forward. And the most obvious thing is that I think you, you, you can see that the, the past year, you know, crypto grown, the whole crypto market gap grown over 250%, right? So, but although it's a still like a really small asset class right now, it's, it's like a two and a half trillion, right? So this is nothing compared to traditional financial markets like equity market um, and uh, global bonds market. Those are uh, 100 trillion, $150 trillion asset classes. So my point is crypto, crypto market is much, much smaller. So it's very natural that volatility is bigger and uh, any, you know, quote unquote whales, um, Will, will, will have like outsized the market influence at least in the short run. So um, because the market is thinner, right? Any kind of uh, collective, uh, you know, semi-collective actions like people, um, uh, you know, if a, if a sub subgroup of the market become pessimistic or become optimistic, it can cause huge price swings. So uh, that's, that's, I think it's a fundamental reason why crypto markets is so much more volatile than these traditional market you're seeing. But this is gradually changing, right? So because more and more, like as more and more funding go into the market as this market grows, continue to, continue to grow at exponential pace, you are going to see this pattern start to change. And one of the changes I think we're gonna see is the volatility will become more muted. Again, this is not gonna happen in one day, but it will happen gradually. So what this means is that, you know, the previous decade, you can very clearly pinpoint the so-called crypto cycle, the four-year cycle driven by the, you know, um, Bitcoin halving scheme, right? So 
more and more, I think this this kind of uh, the influence, the outsized influence of Bitcoin cycle or the Bitcoin having cycle is going to reduce going forward. So I don't know whether this will be happening in this cycle or next cycle or cycle after of next or whether we are going to still like uh, can have clearly defined cycle anymore. I think it's going to be a combination, right? You're going to see less and less well-defined so-called uh, multi-year cycles going forward. But at the same time, the crypto market is still growing at exponential rate. So I think this is uh, this makes uh, makes the game uh, uh, different from from what you see before, right? So because you know earlier in the year, I know a lot of people are thinking, okay, uh, come December, I'm going to sell because I know that's going to be the four year cycle top or what, right? Um, but you're you're not seeing that blow off top happening right now. And uh, I think you, you, you have seen some people, indeed, some people selling in December. And that's part of the reason that we are seeing a, um, a, a market slump in the past couple of weeks. But obviously, there are other reasons, right? We were in a relative um, um, frothy evaluation um, prior in, in, in the month prior. And also, there are other reasons like institutional investors. It's year end and people need to use that money for other purposes to handle their taxes their other expenditures all sorts of reasons right but i i think you, you you've at least you've seen some retail selling because of you know they think the four-year cycle is done to me i don't think it's done and uh, I, I i don't think the crypto market will be done quote unquote for a very long time so in a sense you can say i believe in the so-called super cycle but it still it begs the question of what defines a super cycle, right? You can have a um, long period of time of uh, you know the long. You can have a um, five to ten years of uh, of of market of this market going up in an exponential pace, but it doesn't mean that maybe in you know in in a six six month in a one year time frame, it's not going to see a significant drop like what we have seen in previous um, years in you know 2018 for example so um, I, I think this definition of super cycle it's it's however you however you define it to me it just means that we are on a exponential upward trend there will be significant drawdowns but like prob probabilistically speaking you know uh, you're going to see more upward movement than downward movement in the next 10 years. That's that's how I see the super cycle thing. Okay, so how is this relevant to you um, as an investor? So if you are, <laughs> unless you are the type that is trading in and out of market, trying to catch the local top and local bottom, which, you know, uh, I, I am not good at that type of game. Okay, I, what, what I think I'm better at is spotting the long-term trend. So that's why I'm not going to play the short-term game of catching the local top and local bottom. Um, but, you know, if you're the average investor, I assume you're not like every day just, uh, you know, gluing your eyes to, to, to the price chart and, 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 and going in and out of market. I assume you have other things to do, <laughs> okay? So if that's the situation, then I, I, I don't know what is the, I don't know if there is a particular um, value added for, uh, you know, trying to, trying to, trying to figure out what, what's the next cycle top is. Um, because again, because, because the long-term trend that we are seeing is the exponential growth in the next uh, decade or so I think at least so um, and 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 also you know the nature of the crypto market is it's high volatility but on the way up it's very fast okay on the on the way down it's very fast too <laughs> but the thing is it it's um, it it has happened you know to to so many people for so many times that 
if you you you're out of the market you sit out of the market you think you go okay i'm going to go back in at a later date when things are more clear and then the thing goes right and leave you stranded with with cash on hand so um <laughs> so 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 if you want to if you want to you know get out at the crypto cycle top and get back in later that's something you got to consider right it's like uh, if you are so good that you know that you can you know precisely identify when that type of thing is going to happen then great you got to be you got to be do so much better than everybody else but if you're the average person I just don't think that's the game that 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 you you know the average person the average investor will play very well and it's not an easy game. So um and and this this sentiment, you know, of crypto cycles it reminds me of this um so so um very long time ago when I was uh maybe 13 or 14 I read uh this uh, famous novel novel Gone with the Wind, right? Scarlett O'Hara you all know about. So I like really clearly remember uh, one of the first passages that I read in this book when um, Margaret Mitchell was describing Scarlett O'Hara. And basically, um, she describes her as, you know, just like many other, just like most other girls, her imagination only carried her as far as the altar and no further. And the reason I remember this so clearly is because it's just a, such a brilliant description of the general short-sightedness of us human beings, right? So most of us, our, our imagination, our span of imagination is indeed very short. It's like, you know, Scarlett O'Hara imagined her to, you know, get married to, to, to Ashley and live happily ever after. That's you know every every fairy tale ends there right but in reality the altar is where your adult life starts <laughs> it's not where it ends right so um and 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 you you still have a long life uh in front of you after that so um why why i bring this up is because this sentiment of uh okay what to do when the bear market come it's it's to me, this is like a very short-term sentiment, right? You're almost like saying, okay, let me, the, the uh, crypto is my get out of jail free card and uh, I'm going to make a bazillion dollars in this bull run and uh, I, I, I'm never going to come back or uh, I'll just get out and uh, live life happily ever after. But the reality is, it's it is it's not it's nothing like that right you unless you're like uh, you unless like ne after next year you're going to leave earth uh otherwise you know life goes on you still need to make investment decisions and uh, it, it, with it, even if you cash out from crypto market you still need to think about where to put that money right and where do you put that money indeed do you put it in cash, which is, you know, depreciating uh, over time that, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure by now you know very well. Or are you put it into equity market, which is at a very frothy valuation and, you know, according to some models that um, at, current val at current valuation level, what is what is implying is is a negative return for the equity market for the u.s equity market for the next decade or are you going to put things like a real estate which is equally at an equally elevated valuation okay and and also all these tradfi assets they are more mature market they are mean reverting markets right so um they're more cyclical compared to crypto, which is on a exponential growth trend. So I don't see why anybody will want to leave crypto market for other more traditional markets, right? 
Um, even I, I know like when I, I said similar things like this on Twitter and some people say, oh, I, you know, I just take money out to invest in real estate because I can earn a um, reliable yield. Well, guess what? <laughs> you can learn that real estate rental yield is like uh, five, six, seven percent. Seven percent would be like you, you'll be overjoyed if you get seven, eight percent, more likely five percent of rental yields on real estate, right? So, and, and you, you've got to take care of renters, you've got to <laughs> maintain your property, you've got to go through all of that. Um, you know, complicated procedures for buying a real estate, right? So if you want to go through all that to earn five, six percent, go ahead. To me, this is not worthwhile anymore because I can earn the same yield, like a static yield, even without, you know, buying any productive assets in, in crypto. I can just deposit stable coins and earn, you know, 15 to 20 percent of yields on stable coins that that's the worst that you can do so without any maintenance of uh, real estate assets without dealing with renters tenants without dealing with you know closing costs and uh, so on and so forth so i just don't see <laughs> why people invest in real estate anymore so and you know then people will give you the argument argument of oh diversification is always good da, 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 da. yeah sure okay Everybody's different, all right? To me, this is real estate is no is no longer worthwhile. I'm not going to buy another house and rent it out anymore. It's just not what I'm gonna do. Uh, Cause that, that's just a pain in the ass, <laughs> okay? So, um, but you may be different. So, um, and also, even if you don't wanna be in, in crypto, uh, if you don't wanna hold any crypto uh, tokens, and, and by the way, you, you can, you have, you know, proof of stake chains, proof of stake projects allow you to earn like from 5% to 15% of, uh, you know, staking yields on your crypto tokens. Okay. So if I stake my Solana, if I stake my Sol, I earn 7% APY. Uh, if I uh, deposit stable coins, I earn maybe like, I think right now, maybe 17% on Anchor, that's stablecoin yield, okay? But at the same time, you need to consider, all right, if, if, I, if I stake in Sol, Sol itself will be in the long run appreciating against the US dollars, okay? This year, it appreciating, uh, appreciated against the US dollars for like, I don't know, 2000%, something like that. Not every year is going to be like that, obviously. And if it's a bear market, maybe it grows 0%. I don't know, maybe it grow like a 20%, uh, appreciating 20% against US dollar. But my point is, okay, if I stake, if I stake Sol, and Sol uh, token appreciate vis-a-vis -vis US dollar by 20% a year, I, I've already beaten the stable coin, the highest stable coin yield that I can get, which is like 17 to 20%. Okay, so um, of course you can argue it's a higher risk, blah, 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 blah. So all these, but all of these you take into account. I just don't think it's real. It's all that worthwhile to, 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 to abandon the crypto market, okay? So those of you who like, who want to swing trade, who want to be clever, go ahead, do whatever you want. <laughs> but I just, I, my point is, uh, my point of, my point is, this is a secular trend of exponential growth. This is a not a short time, not a short term. Okay, let me make some quick bucks game. Okay, this is not about all right. Is the cycle top in next month, next three months, or is it already passed? It's just not about that, all right? So you have a long life ahead, and to me, I want to plan my, my, my investment opportunities for the long run. I want to position for the long run, and therefore, I'm not going to get out of this market anytime soon. <laughs> so, so, that's, so that's for me. Um, 
Okay, so, um, and, and, and by the way, when I say I'm not going to get out of the market, it does not mean that I'm not going to rotate because as, as you clearly see in the past year, in the past two years, right? In 2020, like, uh, okay, 2019, Ethereum did nothing. Uh, you know, the, the, the altcoins, not, you don't even speak, the, speak of them at that time, right? 2019, Bitcoin grew, Bitcoin did relatively well. 2020, Bitcoin did, you know, relatively well and Ethereum did a little bit better. And uh, 2021, Ethereum did better than Bitcoin, but the other layer ones did way better than Ethereum. So you can see like this market changes fast, right? This market is very dynamic and, and the growth opportunities, you know, really change very fast and there are there are going to be new things coming without a doubt, okay? So um, it doesn't mean that when I'm saying I'm gonna stay in market, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to rotate, okay? This is this is a market that that you better you better keep your eye on. You you better know what's going on, right? You don't want to be be be, be caught by surprise that um, you know you and there's a, there's something else, another growth theme taking off, and 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 you are totally in the dark about it. Um, so 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 I think that that would be my thinking is is what I would be more inclined to do is to, you know, stay in the crypto market, but try to find where the next growth opportunity is. Now, right now, I think from a risk reward um, trade-off perspective, the alternative layer ones are still where it's at. It's still where it's at because they are kind of a medium to large cap, right? Um, at least a, a, a few of them, you know, the Solana, the Avalanche of the world, and the Terra of the world, they have grown to a certain size, they have certainly gathered network effect, and that it's not going to stop anytime soon unless these guys make some major mistakes, okay? And at the same time, they are still going to capture all this, uh, you know, all the new projects that are happening, all the new um, you know, innovations that are happening and the new things that are being built on these chains. And they are going to cap, they are going to be the beneficiaries of all those new happenings. Um, but at, at, the, at the same time, they're also of a decent size, so, so that reduces the volatility. And also these are proof of stake chains and don't underestimate the benefit of proof of stake because Solana, for example, over 75% of the tokens are staked. Okay, that means those are not in circulation. Those are not, those are like long-term holders. And that serves, the side effect of that is, is uh, it serves as a stabilizing factor of, uh, of, uh, of price movement, right? You're, going, you're still going to see a lot of volatilities because it's a small market at the end of the day, but you know, the staking yields that do help to, 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 to attract more long-term holders, right? So um, I think for, you know, you, you, you consider those factors as a whole, it makes these alternative layer one chains to be a good candidate for, you know, medium to long-term holding in from, from a risk reward trade-off perspective, okay? Um, I'm not saying other things are not going to grow more. Other things will grow more than these, especially the newer use cases like blockchain gaming, which I'm going to watch very closely in this next year, and I hope you do too, <laughs> okay? Um, so, um, so, 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 so I think that would be, that, that, that would be my response. Sorry, it's a very long response, but again, these things are complicated. If someone give you a response that's not nuanced, that's not really an answer, okay? Um, next question, Adam S. Uh, his question is, 
Um, I, I, I don't see how crypto can work for mainstream applications if the cost of using a blockchain is directly linked to token valuation. What's your thoughts on that? It seems like a key question for long-term investing because you want the token value to rise, but you don't want the rising token value to invalidate the real world feasibility of the project. Okay. Now, first of all, I think there's some, some misunderstanding here. Um, the reason the cost, the transaction cost on Ethereum blockchain, for example, is very high are twofold. One is there are technical constraints of how much transaction this network can process, okay? It, it, it's, a, it, it's not a setup, it's not a technology infrastructure that allows high throughput. Ethereum is like uh, 15 transactions per second, okay? It's very, very slow. And, uh, um, and with, with this much demand in the blockchain, in the public blockchain space, it, it's, it's bound to push up the transaction cost, okay? That's number one. Number two is token economics doesn't help. Because, <laughs> because at the same time, you know, as, as the demand increase, the token is appreciating, okay? And, and not more in the Ethereum uh, emission schedule is, is not high enough to, 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 to kind of dampen that appreciating trend of the token. So those two, the, the combination of those two, but, but the first factor is the dominant factor. That's the technology constraint, okay? It makes the transaction cost expensive on this chain. Theoretically, the transaction cost should be equal to whatever hardware, hardware and software cost there is to, uh, for, for the computation, for processing transactions. That, that should be just, it, it would be very simple in a perfect compact competitive market, <laughs> the transaction cost will be equal to the hardware plus software cost of processing transactions, computation cost for, you know, running the, the smart contracts, that, that kind of thing, right? It's, it's a very boring, very, very, very uh, straightforward uh, cost of calculation. Uh, and and it, it, I think that will indeed be the case in the long term. And uh, once we get the you know technology uh, more scalable, which you know people are very a lot a lot uh, a great many number of teams and projects are working on the scaling solutions. Either it's new uh, new blockchain networks or other non-blockchain uh, ledger distributed ledgers or it's a scaling layer two solution on existing blockchains, they're all sorts, okay? So collectively, they're going to reduce the transaction cost over the long term, no doubt. Now, um, the token economics aspect, that's, that's a totally different thing. That is going to vary, depends on different projects, okay? So um, to me, uh, the best token economics would be to match the emission, the issuance of new token according to the rate of expansion of economic activities on this particular blockchain platform. So if the uh, activity expands 3% and uh, if, if uh, money velocity is, is, does not change, and by the way, if it changes, it doesn't matter because you can measure the change. You know what the change is by looking at, uh, you know, uh, uh, transactional records. It's all on chain. It's all open. Very easy to see. Just, but you you sh you should match your token issuance, the rate of token issuance, to the growth rate of economic activities on chain, so that the value of the token is relatively stable relative to the value of economic activities that, that's happening on chain. And the benefit of doing this is you, you indeed allow the token to be a stable measuring stick of whatever transactions uh, of the exchange of values that are happening on chain. And to me, that, that would be if, if a token, if a blockchain platform token wants to be a, 
bona fide currency, that would be the way to go. <laughs> but uh, people sometimes, you know, the, the, the sentiment may not go that way because everybody wants a uh, shrinking or limited token supply because everybody wants to get rich faster, want the token value to increase. But the, the, the truth is that you don't have to have the token value in, increase. You can have more tokens when the token value is relatively stable. You issue more tokens to your existing stakeholders with more tokens in, in, in circulation. As long as the value does not drop, does not uh, you know, uh, reduce significantly, right? It, as long as the value is stable, people still benefit, right? It's like in the real world, people talk about, you, people want to make more money, right? I, I want to make more dollars. I want to make more money. Um, you don't see people talk about, oh, I want my dollar to appreciate. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not a real world money works, right? You want to earn more dollars. You're not expecting your dollar to, to, to suddenly tomorrow go, go up a 200% in value in order for you to get rich. So I, I think there, there needs to be a change in sentiment and a change in how people think about these things, uh, think about blockchain currencies. But maybe these, these platform tokens are not aspiring to be currencies. I, I, I don't know, <laughs> okay? So, um, but I digress. So, so to answer that question, to answer you know uh, Adam's question, the, this, the 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 transaction cost is is not linked to to the token value. It there is no absolute linkage there. Okay. Um, next question, Turb ADA. Uh, my question is why crypto market move in sync. Most of the currencies, most of the cryptocurrencies seem to move in, up and down together instantaneously. As such as crypto like stocks are controlled by algo trading and is controlled by sophisticated players. I find this interesting given there are hundreds and if not thousands of exchanges and yet crypto pre uh, prices can be coordinated and move in sync. Okay. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I, I think, uh, like we talked about, this market is still very, very small, okay? It's le less than $3 trillion uh, asset class. And uh, historically, you know half of this market is, is uh, Bitcoin. Now, the Bitcoin dominance has been going down. Right now, it's probably 40%. It's going to continue going down. But it's still, you know, it has a sizable sway in the market. And don't forget, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the crypto whales, the large retail players in the space or the newly minted institutional funds that got their first, uh, um, first bucket of gold from, from Bitcoin, uh, their wealth is, is highly tied to Bitcoin. So, so how much they can invest in other crypto assets, it depends on you know, a lot of time depends on how Bitcoin perform, right? So, so, th so, so that, that's why historically the performance of Bitcoin has really large spillover into the prices of other crypto assets. Now, in the future, I think this will be changing. Well, in fact, this already changed a great deal. You, you, you look at this year, you know, Bitcoin, how much how much the alternative layer ones have moved versus, versus how much Bitcoin has, has moved. You can see that the two are clearly diverging, okay? And this, these are going to diverge a whole lot more because the blockchain smart contract platforms, they are productive ecosystems. More values are going to be created on these ecosystems. They're on track to exponential growth. And Bitcoin is a store value asset it, it doesn't have a productive, it does, it's not used to generate new economic values. So um, I, I think you're going to see bigger and bigger decoupling between these two. However, you also, you are seeing more and more institutional investors coming into crypto. 
So this market is going to have, I, I think, in the short term, right? In, in, in short term frequency, you're going to see more synchronicity with the traditional, um, uh, with the performance of traditional um, asset classes. Because if you're an institutional investor, you, you have a basket of investments in equity and bonds in real estate in whatever private equity in uh, you know crypto assets right so if 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 some part of your asset holding perform well you rotate your portfolio into other asset classes it's going to you know benefit your other asset holdings if one uh, one one part of your holding does not perform well it's going to uh, adversely affect other parts of your portfolio too because of these uh, you know rotation and uh, portfolio rebalances and also, if it affects your how much liquidity, how much cash you have available for invest for uh, to invest, right? So in the short term, with more institutional investors coming into the space, I think you're going to see more synchronicity between um, between equity um, and uh, and and uh, and crypto markets. Okay. However. In the long term, again, we talked about crypto market is is uh, it it started in the, from a small base. It's on a exponential growth trend. So over the long term, it's going to I think it's going to grow so much more compared to TradFi equity. So this would be if you take out the trend, you know, if you do a like an econometric regression, you take out if you take out the trend from the crypto market. And then you you will see a, that that co correlation coefficient of short term movement between equity and crypto is going to be very high, but but only if you take out the trend. Okay, so um, in the bottom line is short term synchronization, but long term divergence. That that would be that would be how how I would think about this. Uh, next question from Robert T. Uh, his question is, um, how do you think about the trust issue in layer one blockchains? Um, wait, uh, what? Uh, oh. So so okay okay so he's referring to because because I I I compare these layer on blockchains to nation state economies right so um, he's saying um, it will be good to get your views uh, on trust in building these nation state and the state of trust in the layer ones perhaps many layer ones can be viewed currently as fragile states um, because. Um, Layer one seem to say that code can do, you know, protecting property rights and enforcement of laws better than people. Uh, so trust in code and not in people. But at the same time, there are many stories of crypto hacks and fraud that cost people a lot of money with no recourse. Even with these occurrences, do we still trust in code? Or can trust in it be improved via better security and incentives on L1s? Uh, if this is important for fragile states to attract investment, perhaps also important for <laughs> layer ones. Um, so I, I, you know, there there are a lot of shit going on, a lot of you know breaches of uh, a lot of hacks, a lot of scams, a lot of rug pulls in the crypto space, and you you hear about those in the news all the time, right? So. Um, I think of I think of this as pretty much inevitable in any new ecosystem's early stage. Because you think about go back a hundred years, okay? In early twentieth century, you had so many bank runs in in the traditional banking system. In the nineteen thirties, United States started like a FDIC, the Federal Deposit Insurance uh a scheme, right? Why? Because you have so many bank runs. <laughs> Eventually, uh, people think people thought, hmm, we need to do something about this, right? So I think FDIC was founded in 1930s. 
because of those problems. And over time, you know, banks banking becomes a more stabilized and uh, stabilized sector becomes a, you know, the 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 uh, their their a routine set of uh, business practices uh, started to emerge. And now you you don't see like a banks got uh, robbed or banks got there's like a bank bank runs or mismanagement, all that too often. There there still are right, but you don't hear about them, at least not nearly as often as you hear about rug pulls in crypto, right? But I think this is really it. We are so early. We are at a stage of early twentieth century the banking sector essentially. Um, and and uh, this this is going this is not going to stabilize uh, for for a considerable period. But the good thing is because the demand is so strong, because what this because what crypto does, right, is uh, is it enables the massive the massive open sh distribution of economic values in society. This is fundamentally changing how we how we run the economy, how economic activities are organized, how economic outputs of the economy is being distributed across participants in society. Right? We we used to have market and corporations. Those are two primary ways of organized economic activities and distribute economic gains. Now blockchain has and still in the process of inventing this. I would I, I call massive open distribution of economic values, kind of uh, you know, operational models of how you run an economy, how you run productive activities. So to me, that is the fundamental driver of 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 why crypto has caught on like wildfire. Okay, and because the demand is so strong, even though it has all these issues, and these issues are going to be. It's not going to be, those are not going to be solved overnight, but it's going to be solved over time. While you have such strong demand, okay, so I don't think this is this fragile state um, analogy is is uh, is necessarily very appropriate actually, because the typical fragile state, the Iraq, the um, you know Afghanistan of the world. They are not on the exponential growth path. Okay, they don't have like outsized the, the demand for what they have to offer. They're just fragile. Okay, um, but crypto, yes, it's it's the ecosystem is still fragile. But you have this very very strong demand and ongoing demand that's going to come because of the. Of the fundamental revolution in how we organize economic activities to benefit benefit a larger share of society to 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 lead to more equitable distribution of economic gains. This change in economic models is driving these adoptions into crypto, and that is not going to stop. That's only going to get stronger. So. Um, Oh, and also this is related to um, another discussion. Um, what I typically hear people who are not in crypto would say, uh, isn't blockchain a useless technology because it's slower, okay? It's less efficient, and you have to have uh, so much more enhanced securities and cryptographies in order to make sure the chain is, make sure the transactions are safe and they're valid and all those hoops you've got to jump through and the technology is not mature in order to uh, for for transaction to run on a blockchain is this just sounds like we're going backwards it's not like, why why are we adopting this slower crappier less efficient technology okay compared to just sql database i don't know <laughs> so I, I i think these people you know and and both these people and the so-called maxis, the Bitcoin and Ethereum, whatever maxis, and they think their technology is the best, uh, they're making the same mistake. And the mistake is they think the 
revolution in crypto is about technology. It's not. Okay, I, it's the 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 blockchain the blockchain te- in the technology in s- itself is not good or not bad. You know, it's it's not more efficient than existing technology. It's not more effective. It's not more secure than existing technology in in databases or centralized servers, right? But that is not the point. The point is it enables the massive open distribution of economic values, which is the entirely transformative economic models of how we organize the economy that is totally different to what we had before. And because the blockchain enabled this type of new modality of you know how how we distribute values that's why it's catching fire it's not because the merit of the technology okay it's not because it's cheaper or faster which is the way we typically think of technology progress so this is kind of an odd thing so that's why you know it's it's no wonder that that people are confused sometimes it's like what's what's about this blockchain tech that's so amazing and the answer is the blockchain tech is not amazing (laughs) but it's it's about the economic transformation the the changes the shifts in economic modality how we organize the economy that blockchain enables that is the amazing part okay so um all right so that's that's that all right, final question. Uh, we are running out of time. Uh, this one from Bilson F. Uh, I'm I, I'm I'm biased towards ICP ICP uh, Internet Computer, I suppose. I'm surprised that it didn't make it to your L1 list. It would be great if you could cover your reasoning on why ICP isn't on your list. You you know, um, I think I talked about this. I remember I talked about this in the last video when I either I was talking about Polkadot or I was talking about uh, Cardano. It was all the same reason. And the reason is, to me, I invest in things. I, I'm interested in things that already got traction. Okay, I already got people using the product, building on the network, and it, it's showing showing early signs of network effect. Okay, so there there's nothing wrong if you want to invest in ICP or you know Cardano or, or, or whatever. I don't know, um, but the thing is, I think the more inter- the more important question is you've got to figure out what kind of investor you are. Okay, because there are different type of investor. You you because different. Like there is a spectrum of you know risk reward trade off in terms of your investment options, right? Like Warren Buffett invests in he's very good at investing in mature businesses that are already well on track uh, to 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 be the establishment. Okay, and on the other end of the spectrum, you have these like a seed investor venture capital funds that invest in companies that have no customers and no va- no revenue and only have idea on a p- piece of paper okay and then you have investors in between like a Casey Wood of of the world that invest in exponential technology but only those that have gotten traction or have early signs of traction and then you have all this you know it's not black and white there are all sorts of play, gray areas across this uh, risk and reward spectrum Okay, but everything is a trade-off, so you've got to figure out where you're comfortable with. What's your what's your best? What's your optimal zone? Okay, like some people, they are very good at spotting early winners, even even when it's just an idea on a piece of paper. Okay, they look at the team, they look at the you know um, the industry trend and uh, you know the the validity of the idea. And, and and they are comfortable making a bet. I am not that type. Okay, I'm comfortable making bets on things that have shown 
early traction because I do not have the talent to differentiate good investment from bad just based on idea written on a piece of paper. <laughs> okay, so um, so 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 that's why I'm not going to comment on things like ICP because I have not seen traction. I don't know if that will have traction in the future or not. If it has traction, if it show traction, I will have more. I will be more interested in taking a look. But you may be different. Maybe you are a supremely good seed stage investor, and you know, kudos to you. And you are going to capture, you know, maybe a thousand times outsized returns to 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 ride the wave of, of you know, the the token X Y Z going from one cent to a hundred dollars. I don't know. And and if you do that, you know, good for you. Uh, I'm not looking to capture that. I'm looking to capture maybe from a hundred dollars to five hundred dollars, or from a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars. So, <laughs> and you know it that, and also this is the reason sometimes when I hear people say, "Oh, I," you know, VCs are terrible because they dump on retail investors. I just don't think it's fair. Okay, now I, I'm not saying there are definitely you know shady VC deals that you know. Vulture, there there are vulture capitals out there, but generally speaking, the the VC investment model is very different from you as a retail investor. Okay, the VC investment model is I invest in a hundred things, and I know ninety nine of those things are going to die, and therefore, for that the one out of a hundred thing that it's a home run. It better gives me a thousand percent, ten thousand percent, for me to cover my losses of all the other ninety-nine failures. Okay, because I'm at early stage. That that's the game of early stage VC. Okay, so if if、uh, if my holding, if I if I invest in a C st- early stage in this token, that it went from, and and I bought it at、uh, you know ten cents, and it went to like twenty dollars. Why would I not? Why would I not sell? Why would I not quote unquote dump on retail? Because I, you know, I need the liquidity to go invest in other things. That's what I'm supposed to do as a C stage investor, okay? And to to you as a retail, the thing is that twenty dollars, but when you buy at twenty dollars, it's a much less risk compared to when you when the VC bought it at ten cents. When it was a way less mature product, okay. So when you when if you when you buy it at twenty dollars, what you should be looking at it, when you should be looking at is is this thing on a exponential growth path to go to two hundred dollars or two thousand dollars? Why would you even care if someone bought it at ten cents? It's none of your business, okay. They have those people have a different. Investment framework. They have a different business model than you. That's that's all what I'm gonna say about this. Okay, and I still have nothing to say about ICP. Sorry. <laughs> so、um, that's all for today. I will talk to you next time. All right. Bye.